it just ticked all the boxes. And I, I, I would say we got lucky, except that I look every single day. And, yes. you know, maybe if I looked four days from there, it would have been fine. But we jumped it. that day. Mm-hmm. I got in touch with a realtor because I knew <laughs> literally just like that. So I stopped and was like, we got to get a realtor. <laughs> um, if this is even 80% as good as it seems, this is a crazy deal. This is what we've been looking for for years. This is the final call for the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 446. Over half of the U.S.'s sweet potatoes, or as we call them, sweetums, are produced in just one state with 50,000 acres of sweet potatoes coming directly from this state. Take a guess at what state this is, and I'll let you know at the end of the show. Hint. It's not Idaho. The only reason that Heather and I were able to find a beach house and move here so quickly down to North Carolina was the fact that we are location independent, meaning that we are not tied to any specific location because of our jobs. And one of the most amazing things about the present day that we live in, and even amongst COVID, one of the things that I think that will be a positive for most people coming out of this is the fact that they realize that they can work remote. And one of the neat things for people who can work remote is also the fact that you can learn remote. So whether you have got a bachelor's degree and you're looking to go back for a master's or whether you're someone who's like, I want to go back and and get my first degree, a bachelor's degree, there's so many opportunities out there for you to be able to learn and learn from anywhere in the world. And one of the best programs in the country, they're ranked number five in the nation by US News and World Report is Oregon State eCampus. And they've got over 70 online programs to choose from. They've got both bachelor's degrees and advanced degrees. So if you're sitting there and saying, I want to further my learning, I want to do it in a formal way, but I do not want to be tied down to a location, check it out, Oregon State eCampus. You can find it by going to ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash peanuts. That's ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash peanuts. If you use that special link, we get a little love from the beavers over at Oregon State. So thank you for doing that and check it out because it's absolutely awesome that you can learn from anywhere. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who likes to knock whiteboards onto my head, (laughs) if you saw the Instagram story. Well, maybe you deserved it. Maybe I deserved it. We haven't heard her on the mic here on the EPOP show for quite a while, so very excited to welcome her back. My wife, my constant travel companion, and... The interior decorating superstar that made this house what it is. Heather. Hi, everyone. Yeah, it's been quite a journey. We have in the past three months purchased a beach house, moved into it and furnished it all with new things because we still have. Well, I won't ruin any of the questions, ruin any but of the questions. Yes, it has been really fun to decorate a beach house. And in fact, none of the questions were about decorating the beach house. Maybe they we need to show. You, no, they just know they, you did We a need good to job. show some more um, videos and pictures, but it has been really fun. Yeah. So we are sitting here. If you guys are listening to the podcast, we are actually recording this as well on video. So you mm-hmm. can go check it out on our Instagram at Extra Pack of Peanuts. If you're watching on Instagram, hey, you can see us. Welcome back. You can get a little bit of a view of what the office looks like. It's not completely put together yet, but uh, we've got a little, a cool little setup here. Mm-hmm. Whiteboard in the back now that it's standing and not hitting me on the head. <laughs> um, yes, I accidentally tipped it over while we were doing an IG story and it bumped Trav right on the head. Pretty, it was pretty funny. Go yeah. check it out. <laughs> um, and what we wanted to do today is hop on and give you, answer your 
questions. So Heather put out a thing. I don't even know what it's called. A sticker. The Ask Us Anything sticker on Instagram. And we got a lot of responses with some really good questions. You guys always come through with asking us questions, really thoughtful questions. And we love engaging with you on there. Yeah. We thought, why don't we do a show on moving down here? Because if people had been following our social media, they realized that we we had and then we were just going to do one. And I said, well, why don't we just do listener questions? That's a lot better. So we have, so you are kind of leading the charge here because you're the one who knows how to a put a, now what I know, a sticker up <laughs> and then actually how to find the questions yes, that were on that find sticker. The answers, the, the questions. And so I've curated them into three categories. Um, general, just general questions about us buying this beach house, logistical questions, and then a lot of questions regarding rental if we're going to rent it which again we'll get, we'll get, we'll there. get there hang we'll on your there. seat we'll get there all right so yeah we're just super excited um obviously it's always been a dream of ours to live at the beach we both love the beach we don't really understand people who don't love the beach although i know they're out there some people rather be in the mountains or i, I don't understand know, people <laughs> who'd rather be other places yeah. in the beach so if you're like oh i like the mountains or i like a sure. lake or, or this or that over beach fine that's not me but i yes i don't understand the people who who say i don't like the beach not oh i like something more than beach because yeah. i don't, I don't like, like the beach, beach. i think wh- what how is that like that doesn't yeah. How did that, does that compute? Does I guess compute? it doesn't have to be the beach. Like, just even looking at it, a body of water, I guess it's psychologically proven that it gives you like really good energy, energy and, and yeah. helps your whole mental. Yeah. Ju- yeah. I, <laughs> your mental capacity. Anyway. And it obviously isn't working for us at <laughs> no, this point. It's not. But I, we can, I can say that we are living proof of that. And we'll probably get into this of how it's maybe changed our perspective a bit mm-hmm. and what it has done for us just in the three, uh, two and a half months that we've been here. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved in August 3rd and we are recording this podcast October 17th. So we've been here two and a half months and it has drastically changed my mindset. And we'll, again, we'll get into this. So why don't we just start with the questions? Okay. Cause I'm sure you know the yes. questions I don't. Yeah, a lot there of this is a really good up. question that I save for last and it's going to be a good one. So make sure you stay tuned all the way through, but we'll start with just general questions. The first one being, Will this beach house be our permanent residence? And we had at least three people ask this question and two other questions that kind of tied into this. Do we still live in Philly and how long long will we we live live here here at the beach? So, yes. Will this be our permanent residence? Interesting. This is our first question because this is maybe (laughs) where the most disagreement uh, comes between Heather and I. So long story short is, you know, I guess we could say we don't know, mm-hmm. but what we have been telling people is that it's looking to be about half half. And so when we bought this house, we orig- we bought it as a place that we would want to spend time in. We are setting it up so that it is, mm-hmm. it, it works for us if we're living here. So for example, this, this bedroom here is an office. Now there is a bed that will be in here, a pull out sofa bed. So it can be used as a rental and someone can stay here, but we've set up because we need a or home office. Or for guests also, because we have, I mean, everybody wants to come and stay at the beach house. So Right. And so, <laughs> so we are setting it up for us to be able to live here comfortably while also being able to be rented. And our thought is that we will probably rent it at least for the first first couple of years, because it, it is fairly expensive of a property. Although it was a great deal, it is still ex- way more expensive than the place that we currently live in Philadelphia, that we will rent it out June, July, August. That's peak season here, obviously, at the mm-hmm. beach. Um, make a good amount of money there, and then definitely spend a lot of time here in spring and fall when it's also really nice. You could still go in the water. You still have great weather. Um, and then winter, we've kind of said, ideally, we'd actually be somewhere warmer we'd be than this. So even. yes, we are in a in, in a pandemic. And, you know, I think that maybe played a little bit of a role in us purchasing this house, which wasn't a question, actually, I'm surprised. Um, but if we'd been traveling, which we normally are, especially in the summer, we're always gone most of June, July into August, we were home because of the pandemic and we found the property. And so it, it the pandemic allowed us to be in a, in a place 
physically <laughs> where we could purchase this beach house. But anyway. Would we have bought the house had we, let's say COVID didn't happen and we had stuck to our regular plans, which looked like going down um, to Panama in April for my sister's mm-hmm. wedding. Then we were going to a few conferences in April and May. Then we were supposed to run our own Camp Indy, mm-hmm. June 12th. And then we also had plans to be in Bulgaria in August. And then Pacific South Northwest. A- Pacific Northwest in July. Mm-hmm. Bulgaria in mm-hmm. August. And South, um, Africa. South Africa in September. Would we have bought in this, be- I bought mean, this beach house? First of all, finding the beach house, which is a question, and we'll get to that. You know, it required quite a bit of research on your end, which Travel Love's doing. So maybe you would have had the time to find it. But for us to actually come down here to see it, to put in an offer, I mean, maybe we could have put in an offer virtually without ever seeing the property and then being away. But again, then we closed on the house August 3rd and moved in. So I don't know. I don't know. My answer is no. Probably not. My answer is had COVID not happened, we would not have ended up with this house. There's too much, too many things that we had to work through and Mm -hmm. figure out with this property because it's pretty unique that I think we just either would have never even found it or would have maybe given up at a certain point because we would have said, oh, now we got to jet off to Bulgaria. Yeah, this is too hard. Yeah. I mean, the reality of this house is, I mean, we made this house happen for us with the help of our amazing realtor. Uh, But it was a lot of work trying to figure out all of the logistics, which is a really good story in and of itself. And maybe we'll get into it a little bit in this podcast, even though that wasn't a specific question because nobody knows (laughs) what we went through to get the house. You don't know what you um, don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we are planning to spend a lot of time here, way more than we do at any of our other properties. They're all in Philadelphia in the city. And it's just, I mean, this house is awesome and we love being at the beach. So we will be here a lot. The beach is right, right there. That's right there, Um, right out the window. So that gets to question two. Did we sell our other home? No, we did not sell another home. And the third question is, are we renting our other home? So I know I I said I'd let you take these leads. (laughs) No, that's fine. We kind of touched on these already. Yes. We did not sell our other house. Yes, we are currently renting it. And here is a pretty cool thing that was put down, whether you want to say this was coincidence or fate or it happened, um, you know, because of the universe or God, whatever you want to think. This was a pretty cool story of how things work out. The day that we actually put in the offer for this house, this uh, in North Carolina, our biggest issue was that we were going to have to have this house and we were missing the the rental season here, right? Because we were moving in in August and we had to furnish it. So we were missing the main rental season here. Um, And then we were also going to have to carry the mortgage on our Philadelphia house and in the house that we live in, which is outside of Philadelphia. And we have it on Airbnb, but it doesn't rent usually a ton because it's just a four bedroom house in the suburbs. So, you know, there Mm -hmm. isn't a ton of demand usually. And we put the offer in that day and we got a message on Airbnb, which we might get six messages a year about that house. Yeah, well, because a lot of the time we even have it blocked off because we're home and we're living there and we haven't actually rented it in about two years anyway. And so, yeah, for us to get a message regarding somebody who want to rent our personal home. It- it's, it's uncommon. And they said, hey, would you be able to rent this from mid-August to mid-May? And I <laughs> looked at the dates. I thought, no way. This is exactly when we would need to rent that house. Um, again, long story short, yes, the, so those people want it. They're building their own house, Chris and Colleen, which is pretty sweet. They're building their own house. They need something for nine months. So they are in there right now. Um, they may not stay the whole nine months, but they will at least stay for four of those nine months and then might extend. So we just, yeah, serendipitously, there are people in there right now. And that has really taken a major financial stress and mental stress off of us to have that place rented and have someone use it because it's a great house during this time in the fall going into Christmas. You know, we've put a lot of love in that house. So it's not just that they're paying us money to be there. That's helpful for us, but that someone's getting to use it, the property that that we really love. So yes, we are renting it. And no, we did not sell it. Yes. A lot of questions. Um, A lot of people ask those first three questions. So now to number four, how did we decide on the location? So we recorded another podcast this year. I think about like our favorite states or where we would want to live if we could live anywhere in the U.S. I don't remember the exact podcast, but one of them was North Carolina. And after we bought this house, somebody on Instagram sent us a message and they said, I can't believe this is so amazing that you, I just listened to your podcast saying that you would live 
in North Carolina and then here you are actually like living out this dream, which is so incredible. We feel so blessed that we're able to do this. But how we decide on this exact location. So Trav had some criteria. Yeah, we looked at we wanted something far enough away from Philadelphia that it would be a different temperature. So we weren't going to go to the Jersey Shore, which is two hours from Philadelphia, to be at the beach because we thought, well, this is just, you're getting the same type of weather. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to be far enough south that it would give us a longer, warm season. Then we started looking at being on the coast. Yes. Uh, well, that was kind of the first. We wanted to yeah, be by the beach. Yeah, we wanted to be by the beach. We also wanted it to be somewhere easy for people to visit us, our family and our friends. So we've already had so many visitors at this beach house in North Carolina because it's only about an eight-hour drive from Philadelphia. Um, we also thought about doing Florida. Yeah, so we, when we looked at the criteria, we said, all right, we want it to be on the beach. We want it to be warm. Um, and so that kind of, as you're looking down the East Coast, that looked like either Wilmington, North Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, Savannah, Georgia, or all the way down to Florida. Because we yeah. also didn't want to be remote. We wanted to be around a town mm -hmm. slash city mm -hmm. that had all the amenities that we could that we could really want. And so that was those were the three options until you hit Florida. And then of course Florida has a lot of cities and stuff like that. So we just started looking in those areas. We started crossing them off a little bit because Savannah we had been to and we liked, but we, you know, it's not as much of a beach town. It's a mm -hmm. cool town, but it, it's yeah, not but so much. But to get to the beach and to get to the islands, it's a little right. bit of a mission. Charleston, we had never been to, mm -hmm. but it was just pretty, it's pretty expensive yeah. there. Um, and fl we were originally assuming that we would go down to Florida and we were looking pretty heavily in Florida, especially as some of you guys who have listened to all our podcasts, know, like St. Pete and some of that area mm -hmm. on the Gulf Coast, but nothing really just there. There are a few things that came up that I, I wanted to buy. Of course, I want to buy a lot of stuff, yeah. but it, it nothing. <laughs> yeah. You're always looking at real estate, but also none of those were on the water. You know, a lot of right. these homes are like, okay, they're in St. Pete, the city. They're near the beach, but they're, you know, they're a couple blocks away from the beach. So then you started really heavily looking here. And we had a friend, Lindsay, um, mm -hmm. who, Heather's hairdresser, who actually said that mm -hmm. she had been to Wilmington, North Carolina. We had never been, but I started doing a lot of research. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, this looks really cute. This is a big enough size. There's mm -hmm. a college here. There's an airport with direct flights to and from Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Like, how coincidental is that? And she said to us that the town that we live in uh, back near Philadelphia is called Phoenixville. She said, hey, Wilmington's like seven times bigger than Phoenixville and at the beach. And when she said that, we looked at each other and thought, bingo. So I was really looking heavily around Wilmington and then this property on the beach, which we never really imagined that we could no. be on the beach. We thought we'd be a row or two or three back. We you wanted even to be looked at a few distance. houses like in the city of yes. Wilmington, like a beautiful, beautiful old house. But again, that was kind of more like you thought maybe we'd move there permanently. Right. And we probably wouldn't rent that. Whereas if you're near the beach, it's a great investment opportunity. Yeah. And so we, we wanted to be walking distance to the beach or at minimum like an easy bike ride. We never imagined we'd be on the beach. So when mm. this property itself came up, which is the closest house to the beach <laughs> on the entire Carolina coast. Maybe. It's pretty close. I, I mean, there's, <laughs> it's grandfathered in. If you had to rebuild on this lot, and this was the big issue that we were dealing with. If you had to rebuild on this lot, you have to move the house 50 feet back from where it is now because, it, you know, it's it's way too it's close. It's too close. Um, but thankfully, it's grandfathered in. And so when we saw this, it was kind of now or never. And that, I don't know if that's another question that comes up. Why do we decide to jump on this so quick? But it wasn't like they would build another one of these again. Um, everything else was double the price. This, because of the weird zoning, was cheaper. So we had to do a lot of figuring out there. Um, it's not new construction, which a lot of people will like rip down old cottages and put brand new three-story things with pools, mm -hmm. which would be awesome. But this is just a one-story, fairly modest home while being nice and big enough for us. So at this price point, it just wasn't going to exist again. And so we thought if we want, like it's now or never for this type of property. Mm -hmm. And that's how we kind of ended up here yeah. um, in Wilmington. Which leads us right into question number five. Why decide why did we decide to buy something so far from Philadelphia so again for the reasons that it's far enough away from Philly to be a warmer climate year-round but close enough that people can still visit us easily and the fact that this house 
is literally on the ocean. It was just like a once in a lifetime opportunity because, and also if it had been a couple rows back from the beach, I, we maybe would have been like, well, we could find this again right. some other time, you know, and that wouldn't have been enticing enough for me personally, maybe for Trav it would have, but for me personally to kind of uproot our lives. But this one, because it's literally on the ocean. Yeah. We, we just went for it. Yeah. Like, and that, well, I was just going to say, um, the question was, why do you decide to buy something so far from Philly? What we kind of liked about this as opposed to Florida, which was the other big mm -hmm. option as, as we really started to get serious about this, was that this is drivable in a day. So Heather said yeah. eight hours. Okay. Realistically <laughs> with kids, it's 11. Uh, you're not making yeah. it faster than nine probably unless you're mm -hmm. hauling but that is you can do it in a day and so the benefit of florida was well it's going to stay warmer all year round but here yes there are direct flights my mom actually did take a flight she came and visit us and she flew back and it was four hours from our door here to her door outside of philadelphia and you know that's about 45 minutes from philadelphia so it was like 30 minutes from here to the airport, go through security. It's a tiny little airport, one hour flight, 45 minutes back to her house. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can do it in four hours if you're flying and you can do it in like nine, 10, 11 if you're driving. And that was a benefit versus Florida where mm -hmm. you're going to, you know, the flight's not that long, but if you're driving, it's yeah, going to be a multi-day trip, especially with kids. Um, so question number six, why the Carolinas, North Carolina and not abroad? Well, that's easy because it was just easier to buy here in North Carolina. Um, there are some questions when we get down to the logistics about buying out of state and finding a realtor, which we'll answer. But relatively, it was pretty easy because we're in the same country. We're speaking the same language. There aren't odd tax laws about having to be a resident or something like that. So while it would be really exciting to buy a property abroad, it's just makes more sense for us to do it in the U.S. at this time a in our life. And we want to be able to use it a lot. So especially with COVID, like we can't even go to Europe right now or most of Europe um, as Americans. So and especially because we knew that this was going to be a place that we would either move full time or, or we keep saying when people ask, are you moving here permanently? We're like, it's semi full time. So we knew that if we went abroad, there would be barriers for that. I am the next question. We'll just dive into this. Where will you buy next? Um, a, I want to buy more here because <laughs> I love this area and I think it's ripe for just continued development. Uh, we really like the pace of life here mm -hmm. for all the reasons that we just talked about of it being fairly convenient for us and our friends and family who are in Philadelphia. That's why we wouldn't mind investing here more. But I have always had a big picture goal of buying abroad. Some of it's just to be a little bit of a guinea pig and, and just mm -hmm. to try something that's a challenge and do something that's different. But um, the other is that there are some really great investment properties when you go abroad to areas that might be cheaper to buy, but then you can set up. So specifically, I'm talking about like Puerto Rico or some of the islands where you can get stuff cheaper, but then set it up for travelers when they can travel again, who have like Western sensibilities. Uh, we also really like Portugal. I have a buddy, Mike, who's been buying in Portugal. So it, abroad was not for us right now for mm -hmm. all the reasons we talked about and because we wanted this to be more of a semi-permanent home and we didn't want to have to jump through hoops in order to go um, abroad all the time and we wanted it to be drivable. But uh, where will we buy next? I don't know how Heather feels, but I've got my eye on some stuff abroad. At some point, <laughs> my, I'm, I could say I'm probably 75% confident that at some point in our life, we will have something in another country. If it doesn't happen, no big deal, but I am intrigued by it. Sure. And, Where will you buy next? Oh, goodness. Well, I leave the research up to Trav because he loves it so much. He's always on the different real estate apps, um, which is another question right after this one. So number eight. This is very random, but somebody wanted to know where do we get the chairs on our deck? I was going to say, the thing that Heather will be next, <laughs> buy next is not a property. It's She's stuff. on Etsy yeah. and Pinterest. That's where she's buying next because it's decor. <laughs> um, yes. So we got those deck chairs at Pier 1, which is a store here in the U.S., and it is, it is out of business now. It was going out of business over the summer. So we found some really good deals on the desk in the office here, those chairs on the deck. So you, unfortunately, you can't get them anymore. They were really inexpensive for what they are. But Target also has, and Amazon has very similar 
chairs. So there's a decor question. Yeah, there's one. Someone snuck one in without you realizing. Um, But yeah, now we're into the logistics with number nine being how did we find this property? Like, how did you obsessive research? So (laughs) I have I go on spurts. I actually have to delete my real estate apps at times because I do get a little too addicted Mm -hmm, to them for sure. But at this point, I was I had not deleted my apps and I was addicted. And actually, I I really like to use Redfin. It's my favorite real estate app to use, but it's not everywhere in the U.S. And so in Wilmington, Redfin is not there. So I was using Zillow and I would just check every day. I'd go on. I'd be like, (laughs) you know, it it says like in the last day, show properties in the last day. And I would look and uh, this one came up. And so, yeah, it's all in the MLS. It was listed. Uh, This one came up. And I first saw it and, you know, you could see the location where it is. And I thought, there's no way this has, sometimes people put in the wrong address. And so it shows up somewhere, but that's not really where it is. And this one showed up on the beach when I was like zoomed out. And I thought, okay, well, that that can't be right. Like, I'm sure it's on the other side because of the price point. It's not on the beach. And then I looked and it was on the beach and I clicked on it. And the first picture was an outside picture. And I thought, all right, well, it looks okay from the outside, but it's a tear down. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be because for this price point, there's no way that it's nice inside or it's, and, and it's 2,500 square feet. That's just not possible. It's got to be either so bad inside that you have to update everything or so bad that you actually, it has mm-hmm. flood damage, you have to tear it down. And I scrolled to like picture number three and it was a picture of the living room kitchen and the wall of windows that look out to the ocean. And I said, to, I immediately, I put my phone down and said, Heather, <laughs> what like this isn't something's wrong here this is incredible what am i missing like either the dress is right it looks gorgeous inside it's a big size like something is up and that'll get into how we found the realtor but it it just ticked all the boxes and i i i would say we got lucky except that I look every single day and, yes. you know, maybe if I looked four days from there, it would have been fine. But we jumped it. that day. Mm-hmm. I got in touch with a realtor because I knew <laughs> literally just like that. So I stopped and was like, we got to get a realtor. <laughs> um, if this is even 80% as good as it seems, this is a crazy deal. This is what we've been looking for for years. We got to get a realtor. And I did. So we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. So the next two questions, what was the process like? Question number 10 and number 11, how did we find a realtor here in North Carolina? So, I mean, let's start with the realtor question, actually, because Trav, being the person that he is, I I mean, you're the most outgoing, extroverted person. I feel like you know people everywhere. You didn't know... A realtor in this specific <laughs> beach town, but you knew a realtor who lives so, in North Carolina in Raleigh, he, right? Yeah. So here is the story behind <laughs> this. And I will give this is thank you, Amanda. And thank you, Danielle. If you guys are listening, I know you both listen to the podcast and I appreciate that. We appreciate that. But if we did not have Danielle, who was our realtor, who, I would say there's probably realtor? yeah is or was our realtor for, for this, this house is our realtor going forward. We love you, Danielle. <laughs> um, let's get some more properties. I know she's behind that. Oh boy! But if we did not have Danielle, I would say probably ninety to ninety five percent of realtors. If we had had them, we would not have ended up with this house because there was a lot of hoops mm-hmm. to jump through. We needed someone who was on the ground who was as committed to getting us this house as we were committed to getting it, who was willing to put the research in, who was willing to just answer all our questions and do all that. Danielle is incredible. She hustled so hard for us to get this house because again, it wasn't just like an easy purchase. It wasn't like, oh, here's this house and let's buy it because we needed to make sure that all of these funky situations with this house were going to work in our favor. Yes, there was a reason that this house was half the price of the house that literally just sold next door. Um, And that was because of the zoning. But yeah, we had to figure all that out. So how did we find the realtor? I am part of a business mastermind group. And this is the cool part of being part of groups where you know people are Mm -hmm. committed. So this business mastermind group is $20,000 a year. So it is the most expensive thing we have ever done in our lives. It's more Mm -hmm. expensive than any car we've ever had. It's more expensive than everything other than property that we've owned. We've sure. never spent $20,000. But I know then that people are serious. And so that week, I had seen someone in my group on the Zoom call and her name was Amanda, the traveling realtor. 
Uh, actually, it was a couple weeks before that. And I saw that. And I was like, all right, travel, realty, mm-hmm. like real estate. All yeah, right, we got to talk. right up your alley. So her and I started talking a couple weeks before because we just joined this program. And, and this is before you had seen this house. This is before on, I saw this on house. Zillow. And, I, and then, you know, we, we talked and turns out she was in Raleigh. So it's like, oh, Raleigh's cool. My brother lives in Raleigh. I'm looking at places in Wilmington. But we were not serious, really. I just said, oh, I'm scoping out. Do you like Wilmington? She said, oh, it's such a great area. Yeah, you should you should look into it. But that was it. The, as soon as I saw this house. Everything just kind of fell I called into her up. place. I, I mean, this like, is incredible. Yeah, I called her up. I was like, Amanda, I know you're in Raleigh. <laughs> that's three, two and a half, three hours away. Do you do anything in Wilmington? And she said, no, I own some properties there, but, but you know, I don't, I, I don't do anything. I said, I need to find out about this house right now. It just got listed four hours ago. I need someone to <laughs> go for hours I need ago. someone to go look at this for <laughs> oh me. My and gosh. she said, I have just the person you need to call up Danielle. I called up Danielle. Danielle got right back to me mm-hmm. that day. So I saw his property at like 2 p.m. That day, 7 was p.m. Was it the same she day? She was in this house. Incredible. She's an incredible person. 15 different videos mm-hmm. of every room and like giving me a virtual walkthrough. Even walking through like the front gate and underneath yes. the house and like up the stairs and just like we were just watching the videos that she sent and... I watched them at least 50 <laughs> times that day and, I, you know, so she was... And she said, Trav, like, this is incredible. Like, if you guys don't go for this, <laughs> like, I'm going to buy it myself, you know? And so... She she did that for us, and we decided to come down a week later and look at it in person. So we drove down here. We spent two weeks in this area that was late June, early July. We so how in, many days after you found the listing did we come? Like maybe two weeks. Was it? It was. It, 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 it was been a little closer. bit of time. It would have been sooner, but there was. We were talking to their realtor, and we're like, "Listen, if there's any activity or anyone start puts an offer, and yeah, tell like, us, and we'll come down know. immediately." Yeah. But she was saying, hey, there's not that much activity yet, this and that. So we we bided our time because there's a few things we had to tie up in Philly. Um, but yeah, it was about two weeks later we were down here. Then we were down here for two weeks. So we put an offer in yeah. after it hit. I mean, once we came into the house and saw it, we were like, this is amazing yeah. and we need to have it <laughs> pretty yeah. much. So how can we make this work for us? Because it is a big investment. It's the most expensive house we've ever purchased. And by a lot. By a lot. And all the other properties that we've purchased in Philadelphia other than our own home, like we had a partnership with those so this is the house we're buying like going in fully on our own and so it was a huge deal and it took a lot of you know working through the numbers and spreadsheets and it wasn't just like hey let's just do this we really thought through it all right a good deal is a good deal but it's still you have to be able to afford it and you have to be able to figure out so that's how we found the realtor so thank you danielle and thank you amanda for introducing (laughs) us to danielle uh who then we did tell danielle uh Hey, we're moving down here and we have no friends. So if <laughs> she's also hooked us up with friends. Yeah, if we get this house, you have to promise that you and your husband will be our friends. She said, Yeah, and then they've introduced us to some other people, which has been incredible. Um, what was the process like getting a mortgage out of state? Not okay. The out of state part, not difficult at all. No differences in that. Do- doesn't matter at all. It didn't matter at all for us. Now, the next question was how difficult was the buying process? That was question 12. Uh, that was very difficult. And it truly was. Uh, we'll give you. A, I'll try to keep it as short as possible. This house was cheaper because of the zoning, as we mentioned. If it has to be rebuilt, it has to be rebuilt fifty feet further back from the ocean because it's too close. We are eight feet from the rock line. Yeah, all I right? mean, there's big, huge boulders outside of our house, and if they weren't there, the tide would hit us every day. I mean, so we moved <laughs> in actually August third, the day the hurricane hit. So that night, the hur- at we signed the papers at noon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a question. If it is, well, I'm telling you ahead of time. Sign the papers at noon. Unloaded the U-Haul for six hours. That was at six o'clock. The rain came at six thirty, and the waves were then hitting the rocks and crashing into our house mm-hmm. by eight p.m. So yeah, um, that was not a question. No one, I think, remembered that we moved in the day of a hurricane. But yeah, it was a little wild it for was, sure. It was wild. So the difficulty with bu- with the buying process was that because it has to be rebuilt completely different from how it is built now. The seller kept telling everyone that she did not believe it could be rebuilt because you wouldn't have enough of a lot size to rebuild a house. That is why no one else was putting offers in it because, yeah, why would someone put an offer in if the house got destroyed and you just had a And you can't rebuild it. So that's a really negative. (laughs) Very big negative. (laughs) Who wants to spend that much money on like a piece of land that you might not be able to use in the future? So 
we would not have bought this house if that was the case. But enter an obsessive. <laughs> I, I would say Danielle and myself equally obsessive on this. Um, we talked to the zoning board. We found out that there is a law. Let me just interject. Trav even somehow convinced the zoning commission to give him access to their computer system so that he could measure out the legitimate plot lines of this land like using the zoning commissions yeah. i mean they i have don't... some internal system that shows all the lots and all that and i kept asking the lady in the zoning commission so many questions she was like listen i'm just gonna make you a username and password just get in and do it yourself <laughs> it was so funny. i was like all right Sounds but it was good. also very cool to see. To see, yeah, it was cool. I mean, there's not like I could get in there and do anything. No, it's, of course it, not. It's, it's public knowledge. If you ask for, like, if you if you ask them questions, but like they probably just don't make everyone use your name and password because someone asks one question and they give them the yeah. answer. But I had to figure it all out. So what we found out that essentially, if we had to rebuild. That you, if you build off-street parking, which just means for yourself, not not like a parking lot for other people, which every house here has off-street parking because it has to be raised on stilts anyway um, because you're mm-hmm. on the ocean. So um, if you build off-street parking, you get 10 feet more uh, kind of given back to you. And because of that, then if we had to rebuild, right now our house is essentially a square. I mean, it's not exactly square, but it's, it's essentially a square. And it's all one level. So It's all one level. It's and you just, can build up to three levels. Right. So if we had to rebuild, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but oh, I'll just finish okay. this thought. So I give everyone, the, the nerds out there, all the <laughs> stats. If we had to rebuild, it would be 20 by 60, um, and it could be three levels high. So right now it's a 2,500 square foot house. It's essentially a square, one level. Instead, it would be like a long, it'd be long and skinny, 60 feet looking at the ocean, but only 20 feet deep, three stories high. So it would be dramatically different shape, but we could rebuild and it would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned that, and then because, but because of that crazy zoning law, and because it's on the books as being an irregular lot, yes, it turned off so many buyers, and especially because the seller's realtor was telling people you can't rebuild. So they I just didn't know. They about didn't this know. Loophole. I I mean, they didn't do the research, I guess, and so they just assumed that you couldn't rebuild. So this is what. Anyone who's interested is being told this information. And so then nobody was actually that interested in the house. And then another issue is what the the seller was saying that she needed a cash offer or she thought she would need a cash she offer. She didn't think the bank would give anyone financing because of the fact that you couldn't rebuild. And if you couldn't, then why would, like, why would the bank finance a plot of land that essentially could mm-hmm. be unusable? So based on her first idea of you can't rebuild, she didn't think you could get financing. That was a huge pain in the butt for us, mm-hmm. not so much because of the actual, uh, crazy enough, not because of the irregular lot, but because of our finances and being self-employed and all that. So that actually was a, a huge issue, but we did ultimately, I mean, we we couldn't give a f- uh, cash offer for this, No, but we, we told her we we're going to go get financing and she said, I don't think you'll be able to get it. And we said, well, if you accept our offer, give us 30 days. Actually, I think it's 21 days here in North Carolina. And if we don't get it, then fine. Then you can take the next offer. And mm-hmm. she did agree to that. And we, it was day 21 when it finally, no, 21 of 21. It was 21, a little bit stressful. When it came through, but it did come through. So it was a very difficult buying process, it, much it, harder than our other It properties. really was. But it all worked out through much <laughs> research and determination on both Trav's part and the realtor. And, and mine a little bit, but Trav and Danielle really went crazy with doing all of the research crazy um, is an appropriate word yeah but it worked out wonderfully here and we are sitting here we looking are out so at the, ocean. the buying process was a little bit challenging but all hard things in life you know they can most be hard things, most hard yeah. things in life come out with amazing results in the end so another logistical question is insurance expensive flood and hurricane yes. this is a great question <laughs> Yes, it is. This is a great question. But another thing that worked in our favor, and this is like really geeking out and it's pretty nerdy, but if you are ever thinking about buying a house on the coast or near the coast, you know that flood and hurricane insurance can be very expensive. And actually, um, FEMA is the one who zones... Who gives you FEMA, which is the government agency, actually is the one that gives you or subsidizes, I guess, the the insurance for the the flood insurance in some areas where a private company would not do it because they're like, no, this is too high of a flood risk. So, yes, it is a little nerdy, but it's, (laughs) again, a pretty cool story. So the I'll say the homeowner's insurance 
is is high. Um, we are paying about seven thousand dollars for, and that is for wind and homeowners insurance, um, which is different from flood. So we're paying about seven thousand dollars on this house for that, mm-hmm. which is not crazy, but is is definitely higher than your typical house because you know our houses in Philly are about twelve hundred a year, so it is more expensive. Flood. This used to be zoned. I can't remember the exact designation, but. The, the the worst flood designation you could get, this house was zoned that up until two years ago, which meant that the flood insurance was about 10000 10, a year. So 10000 on top of your 7000 so you're at $17,000, which is a ton, a ton of money. <laughs> I mean, you're talking $1,500 out of pocket before you even get to your mortgage or your taxes or anything like that. So we were like, well, I don't know if, if that happens, like if we can pull this off. Um, two years ago, it got redesignated to the second worst flood designation, which you would think, okay, well, Trav, had, what did it drop down to from 10,000, like 7,000 a month or a year? Okay, cool. You saved a couple thousand. $355 a year. Is that all? I thought so it was it at least 10,000 a year <laughs> to $355 That is a, a year. huge savings that S- just allowed us to kind of like make yeah. the final decision that we could do this. So it got rezoned. Um, obviously, it can get rezoned to the worst designation at any point, which is why we're making sure to put money away so we're not caught with our pants down. I guess that, that's, that's a, a weird saying. So we're not caught yeah, off sure. guard um, <laughs> okay. by that. But they, you know, they rezone typically every 10 to 12 years. And they even said that it took like five years to get it rezoned the this last two years that it's so, so all that to say we'll have some warning it won't we just like happen overnight where it's all of a sudden in the next month it's going to be 10k a year so yes the flood insurance being like a lower category now has been uh, that was a huge lifesaver I mean, saves for us, us saves us nine thousand bucks a year also we found out from the previous owner that she never had to I think one time she claimed flood insurance on this property and it was mostly because a lot of sand had come underneath the house and she had to remove the sand. Yeah. So this place has been here since 1959. Yes. So it's seen its share of hurricanes. Obviously anything can happen. Yeah. Knock on wood here. Yeah. Um, but it's sturdy. It's pretty sturdy and it's seen a lot. Um, next question is, do we have con- question 14? Do we have concerns about an investment this large during a pandemic limiting travel? Here's what's crazy. When we tried to come down in June to look at this property, there was one place left for us to book on this whole island. Yeah, and that was not just on Airbnb. That was on like every rental site. And we actually ended up renting it from like a local rental company here. Yeah, so there was nothing here. People, especially in a pandemic, not being able to travel abroad, they wanted to escape wherever they're living for a change of scenery a lot of people came to the beach, people went to the mountains, people went to the middle of nowhere, camping, what have you. So that doesn't worry us at all. Yeah, the the real estate, both in the rental market and the people buying real estate here on this island in this area has been insane since, like I talked to a builder and he said, well, March, April, no one was buying anything. Sure. But June, July, and August, they have made as they have made over a year's worth of sales in three months. Uh, our realtor here, Danielle, was like, I have eight places um, that are closing in the next month. Like, So people are coming to areas kind of for the same reason we talked about. This yeah, area is, re- is not yeah. remote, but it's, it's its own little quiet hamlet, mm-hmm. but it's near everything, but it, it allows you to get away. And so a lot mm-hmm. of people are moving out of cities and yeah. want that. People are changing their lives because if you have to stay at home, you want your home to be your oasis, especially because you can't vacation and travel like you used to. And I mean, things will change. Hopefully when the pandemic gets a little bit more under control, there is a vaccine. People will still, I mean, we plan on traveling again for sure, but uh, life has (laughs) changed for a lot of people. And so I think if you can buy or rent or invest in a place that's close to where you live or in the country that you live in, it's almost never been a better time. I mean, I just think uh, I guess we're looking at it from a rental perspective is like we're not worried about it, let's say next summer during our peak rental season. Uh, it's the same situation as it is right now, which hopefully it's not. But let's say it is. We're not really worried about 
being able to rent it next year because right now, like this is about as safe as we could get. We are, we have the ocean on one side. We have no neighbors on the other side and we could self contain Mm -hmm. in this little unit very easily. And so we're not really worried about that or, or about renting it out because, you know, and the beaches here aren't that crazy packed because there's so much of beach. So you're not like packed into one Mm -hmm. little small area. If people are talking about, um, I guess it was limiting travel. If we were talking about it from a financial standpoint of our business, one of the cool things for us, I mean, obviously our, you know, EPOP and the, and the travel side has taken a bit of a hit during the pandemic, but because we have location indie mm. and all that, and we run our own businesses, you know, it almost feels like there's more stability financially for us because we can push forward things Whereas like other people might say, I'm getting laid off or something's happening. You know, my company is shutting down because of the pandemic, you know, and then you have to go find another job and that might be difficult. So for us, it's having our own businesses is actually after the initial yeah. scare of like, what well, are we yeah, going to do? And it wasn't, it wasn't exactly easy. You know what I mean? Like we had to pivot. We had to adjust. We had to think of some new things, but because we have the freedom to do that, we were able to do that. So that has been a huge positive for us that we, can, sure. we were flexible and we came up with some new ideas to, to do other things. So yeah. Question 15, any tips for someone with a starter budget who wants to purchase? Um, I mean, we had a starter budget once when we purchased our first place, the one that we still live in in, in Phoenixville. Um, we got that house for two hundred and twenty-five thousand, and um, you know that might seem high for some people, depending where you are. It might seem low for other people. If you're in California, you're like, what? What are you talking <laughs> about? Uh, it is a pretty small house, also. It's only like sixteen hundred square feet. So the house, the beach house, is bigger than our house that we live in usually. Um, but yeah, we bought that how many years ago? 2007. Mm-hmm. So if you have a starter budget and you are looking to buy, because there are some benefits to renting too. We're not going to get into the whole renting versus owning uh, debate right now. But if you have a starter budget, I would say obviously stay within your means, stay within your budget. Mm-hmm. And if you are someone who loves to travel as well, consider the fact that you could set it up much as we set up this property, much as we have uh, the home in, in, in Phoenixville that we live in, Uh, you know, isn't set up for renters, although we have renters in there right now as much because we've been there for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. But you could consider setting it up as something that where you say, hey, I'm going to set it up so that if I did want to rent this out, it'd be pretty easy. Maybe I have an owner's closet. I can put my stuff in and lock it or a garage or something like that. Um, Because there is now, thanks to the sharing economy and and this idea of people being able to have multi-use spaces, there's a lot of potential for you renting your place out when you travel Mm -hmm. that meaning you don't you can travel and you don't have to pay your mortgage while you're traveling there's a lot of potential for you being able to make up money make up money not to have it even cover your mortgage completely um depending on how often you rent it and also there are in certain states and in certain cities there are special tax laws that you can look into if you're a first-time homeowner um you can get a special deal where you have like either a low interest or i mean you know more about it than i do there's a lot in ohio there's there's one in particular if you're a college graduate they they'll like pay your down payment or part of your down payment so there is a lot of stuff out there that i was not aware of um and so i would do some due diligence i know bank of america and i'm not recommending you go with them i you know we don't have any mortgages with them i'm not saying good or bad either way i've never worked with them but i do know that our friends just bought one through bank of america and they Mm -hmm. were like they gave him seven thousand dollars for his closing costs they gave him ten thousand dollars uh just up front for some other stuff so there was Mm -hmm. like these different programs that you can be a part of uh, where people are incentivizing you to buy, whether that be, they're not first-time homeowners, so I don't know what programs they're going through. So just look into that. Consider if you are on a budget of how you can make money from your space when you're not there, mm-hmm. or possibly consider maybe getting a duplex where you, yeah. you live in one side, you rent the other, you manage it, um, and then you could rent your side out when you leave. You know, whatever. There's a lot of ways to get creative yes. nowadays. And you can also think about either if you can be flexible with where you live, you know, looking in a cheaper area or completely moving to a place that's more affordable. Also, you can, not that you want to do a fixer-upper if you're not into fixing things up, but you can 
plan to buy a house that you can slowly work on building into a space that you love with doing pretty easy projects or buying the house and then saving up for those big remodel things. Like even with our house that we, you know, our permanent home in outside Philadelphia, we bought that house in 2007 and it really needed to be updated throughout, but we didn't update it all right away. I mean, it took us forever. I wanted a new kitchen for years and years and we just saved up actually saved through Airbnb in our house. We Airbnb did enough that we had a good chunk of money saved up to just pay cash to redo our kitchen. So there are lots of ways if you're willing to be flexible and not live in something brand new or exactly the way that you want it move in ready. Yeah, so. it's a, I like that. It's a little bit of a carrot at the end of the stick. That, I forgot we did that where yeah. we said, all right, if we want a new kitchen. <laughs> you forgot. Uh, let's Airbnb. How could you forget how much I pestered you for a new kitchen? No, I, I certainly <laughs> didn't forget that. What I, I forgot that we took the money we would make from Airbnb and we put it into a separate account that was called new kitchen account. And when we got to like two thirds of what a new kitchen would cost, we then treated ourselves to the new kitchen, you know, and every time we were setting it up and spending a couple of days before and to get it ready for renters and, and all that, you know, it was a bit of a slog, but we knew it was mm-hmm. building towards something that towards a goal. And I say we wanted, especially Heather, but yeah, yeah I mean, ultimately it was also for our value of our house. So exactly. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm going to give one negotiating tip because I just read an incredible book. It's actually right down there called never split the difference. If anyone wants an incredible nonfiction about it, uh, about negotiating also recommended to you by our realtor. Yes or no. Yes. Danielle and Brad, her <laughs> husband recommended. That's right. Thank you guys. Uh, never split the difference by, you know, the lead FBI international hostage negotiator, this guy named Chris Voss. And just an incredible book. And it's not just about negotiating in hard situations. It's really about dealing with conflict resolution, whether it be with your kids, your spouse, you know, you know, anyone really. Uh, So incredible book. Fun read, too, because he talks about all these Mm -hmm. crazy uh, hostage situations he was in. What's the tip, though? The tip was, he said, (laughs) when you're you're getting a little long winded there, when you're negotiating, he said, Figure out what your end price is. And I would recommend everyone do this, especially in hot real estate markets, which is most of the markets now. Figure out your end price and don't go over it. Like that's it. Don't get Mm -hmm. pulled into this bidding war. Figure out your own price and then make your first offer 65% of it, which sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. And it is, but you're anchoring them. I'm not going to get into all the details, but go 65, then go up to 85 because that's a big jump. So they'll see you're willing to jump 95 and ultimately 100. By the time you get to 100, even if it's way less than they wanted, they're going to be like, wow, these people came up a lot. So 65, yeah, which 85, is actually, 95, 100. We did that with this house before you had even well, we read this 65 book. to 100 because yeah. she kind of forced our hand. Right, but, it, but it we, out. we did put an offer in pretty low because when we put in an offer, there were no other offers in on the house. And so we had kind of got it into our mind that we would get this house for even less, even though the asking price was still a great deal, which is why we said, you know, if she wants asking... Like, are we willing to go for the asking price? And we were, we did double think it and triple think it, but we did end up um, kind of doing that strategy before yeah, we even and knew. And we didn't know. And it does not hurt to lowball, really. I know there's people yeah. out there and your realtor might not want you to lowball. Yeah. I'm not sure if Danielle, when we told her hey, <laughs> the hey. price that we offered, she but, was like, okay, guys. But, you know, ultimately it is your decision and, um, you know, there, some people say don't lowball because you know the the seller's going to get upset. You want to realize they are people on the other side, but ultimately, you know, you have to stick to your guns. You have to do what's best for you as well. So I wouldn't worry about their feelings as much as you saying what do I think is the best strategy to get to the the number that is my top, and then obviously try to you know if you can get it be lower than that, great. Yeah. So I know that we really went crazy with that question. So I apologize for those of you who are are not interested in buying, but I feel like well, probably a I lot mean, of you are. Yeah, um, and if you're not, sorry, this is yeah. what this podcast is about. <laughs> um, all right, we got four more, to five more to wrap yes, this up. Yes, and they're all about uh, renting this house out. So these are the rental questions. And um, number 16, did we or are we going to hire a property manager or a cleaner for a flat rate was the actual and specific question. This also goes into question 17. Will we Airbnb it and who will look after it? So we have not hired a property manager or a cleaner yet because we have not rented it out yet. Um, we do have people who have been highly recommended who are now friends of ours here uh, who run a property management service. So if we are going to rent it, we will certainly probably turn to them first. 
Um, I did actually talk to them. Clint is his name. I know you've been listening to podcasts. Thanks, Clint. Um, and he was like, listen, you don't need us to do it. Come on. I'll just show you how to do it. I, I don't know. Like, we don't want to have to deal with it, especially if we're not here. So we will probably have a property manager or we will have someone on the ground. Yes. Whether it's a full-on property manager or whether it's like our friends who are doing it taking a smaller cut because there doesn't have to be that much work and we're like working with them, but they're our on-the-ground person or whether it be a cleaner who can handle some aspect of the property management, but she's on the ground or they're on the ground. Uh, it will be an on-the-ground, like we'll need someone here to look after the property. Yes, correct. Um, because it's just, uh, you could do a lot virtual, but there are obviously always issues that happen. Yeah, and but- we we do now currently um, have a property management company for all of our Philadelphia properties yes. because it just got to be a little bit too much with us, with our other jobs and having the two kids. So... So we will not property manage our own properties again, is what we're saying, because we did that for years and it was it it was like ninety five percent of our stress sometimes. and five percent of our income basically. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, yes, number eighteen. I thought this was a really interesting question. Was the beach house previously a vacation rental? So. It was not, actually. I think, I mean, the original owners and people who owned it after that maybe rented it sometime. But the person right before us who owned this house was a woman, a retired woman, and she lived here full time. So she did not rent it out. For 13 years, I believe, either since 2007 or 2008. Yeah. Yeah. So So she lived here full time, which was also a really cool thing for us coming in here because you could tell... That yes. it was taken very good care of. Mm-hmm. And she lived here full time. And a lot of that was by herself or like with kids who were older and then moved out. And with her grandkids so, who yeah, lived so nearby. Yeah, so it wasn't beat up. No, she all. did a great job keeping up to date with the house and- The blinds. Some, no, Trav really loves the blinds, but- The blinds some, are awesome. <laughs> there's some really nice features. And other than, you know, her style was not the same as my style and a lot, all of the light fixtures, things like that were completely outdated. So we've updated some things like that, but nothing- Nothing major, nothing like a major overhaul here. So, and I do mention the blinds because if you are looking at properties and you're and you're new to it and you don't have as much of a discerning eye, or you just haven't been in you know a thousand homes like mm-hmm. Heather and I have, and you don't know what to look for. It, look at the little things first. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the big things you want to you want to take note of does it have a decent roof. You know, look at the electrical stuff. I mean, your realtor should be able to help you with all that. But what we realized was after you look at the big stuff, if you t- if you look at small things like the blinds, and, and we knew she lived here. So when, when I walked in and I saw these amazing wall of windows and I noticed all of them were these like custom super high blind. quality custom blinds, I thought this is someone who's obviously taking care of their property and who hasn't done a lot of work on her own just to get stuff done or to mm-hmm. fix it because she has lived here and she obviously had enough money and was retired to to kind of make it nice. And those are the things that if you're not looking for and you buy a property, you know, you might get caught off guard then later where you're like, oh man, someone fixes, you know, they call it putting lipstick on a pig, right? Like they made it look nice, but then you uncover stuff and you think, oh, there's a lot going on here yeah. that that's like a can of worms. But, you know, I could tell when we walked in, the house looked really good. The floors were nice. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw the blinds, I'm like, this would be the last thing that someone would spend money on if they did everything else really poorly. Yeah. Um. So we knew it was a good place. Yeah. And so the next couple of questions, just two more. Um, one, how, or actually not number 19, how do we home reno with little ones? Um, it's really challenging, especially because like Trav's working full time with Location Indie and the big launch of the Side Hustle Success um, Challenge and Lifestyle Launch Academy. So he's been super busy with that. I've been trying to do a lot of the home decorating and little renos that we've been doing. It's challenging. I do it when they're napping. I beg family to come down and help. And then we've also hired a nanny babysitter to come a few days a week to watch them so that I can do some of the things. It's pretty challenging, but you know, I wouldn't change it. We have also hired out any, you know, we used to do a lot ourselves and we're fairly capable at at most low to medium skill level things. Mm But even like I've done ceiling fans before, but they they suck and they're horrible. Consuming, we're not good at electrical. No, so you know we hired a handyman and we're like we have four ceiling fans. Can you put all these in? And it was the best couple Mm -hmm. hundred dollars we had spent. So we have also gotten to the point, much as we talked about with the property management, where we have to look at it and say, 
you know, this might take me five hours to do. Somebody knows what they're doing. It's going to take them an hour and I'll gladly pay them because I know if I go do something that I am good at for an hour, I can make that money back or even just quality of life. Like even if I'm not working to make that money back, okay, well, I'm not frustrated for a whole day by putting up one ceiling fan. It's well worth paying someone a hundred bucks to come do it. Correct. So that's what we do. And then the last question, which I thought was a good way to end, has it turned out how we thought it would dream versus reality reactions? You start. (laughs) It's way better than I even thought it would be. It's incredible to be at the beach, especially being people who love the ocean and the beach so much. The kids being able to just go outside. We spend so much more time outside than we do in Philadelphia because we have basically nature's playground in our backyard. The weather is incredible. So other than not having family nearby, this is like our ultimate dream. Yeah, I would say (laughs) that both of us, because we had this this discussion the other day, were ve- knew that we would love it. We would not have made this huge decision financially, uprooting our life, all the stuff that comes with it, if we didn't think we would love it. And we both looked at each other and said, it's actually way better than we thought, which mm-hmm. is a great place to be. Sure. I Let's put it in perspective. I like numbers. What did you think, out of a 10, mm-hmm. what did you think it would be like living down here? I thought it would at least be an eight. Okay, you know? me too. I was yeah. like eight to eight and a half. Like it's yeah. going to be pretty awesome. But I'm yeah. sure there's stuff that I'm looking through rose-colored glasses mm-hmm. and it won't be as good as I think. And fair enough. It's only been two and a half months. So it's not like we've lived a whole year here. But, but- two and a half months is is yeah. a long time to mm-hmm. get a feel for stuff, especially because a lot of those two and a half months we were doing a lot like home stuff that isn't fun yeah, either, right? Like yeah. we, we didn't have a couch for a it month and a half. So we were exhausting. sitting on twin beds in the living room, right? <laughs> twin mattresses. So yeah, twin mattresses. So I mean, it, it and buying all this furniture for a 2,500 square foot house and five bedrooms and all. So even doing the stuff that can seem fun at first, then become a drag. I would say that since we've been down here, I, I, I mean, I want to say a 10 out of 10. I don't know what yeah. would be better. It would only be better if we had family and some of our closest friends also live here. But that thankfully, would be we've had them down a lot. On top of the cake, yes. But because it's close enough to drive or to fly, um, we have had a lot of people visiting. And I don't know if that'll continue forever, but it has been well, incredible. Well, the beach ain't going anywhere. <laughs> It'll continue forever. Yes, so. so, yeah, definitely for us, better than we thought. I think the biggest change for us, and we kind of touched on this at the top of the show, was I think both of us just feel healthier, happier, because the one, the pace of life is slower down here, which you hear about when you come down south, but it didn't really hit me for, you know, until about a, two weeks ago where I thought, mm-hmm. huh, like I, I, I felt it, you know, subconsciously, sure. like it's been nice and mm-hmm. it's been a slower pace, but I didn't think it was slower until a couple of months, like, you know, we were here a couple months. I thought, wow. It isn't so go, go, go. It actually mm-hmm. feels to me a little bit like when we lived in Japan, where it was just a simpler life. Because mm-hmm. when we lived in Japan, for re- like we didn't speak the language, we just went to our job, came home. You know, we didn't love that for a lot of other reasons, but it was a simpler life. And I think that being down south, mm-hmm. being not near a major city mm-hmm. uh, has slowed life down. And I think, as Heather mentioned, that whole blue zone idea. I mean, we're sitting here looking out at the ocean. So anytime we kind of start to feel a little stressed, I mean, I'll go out, Heather will go out, we'll go for a walk either with the kids or without the kids on the beach, um, go out surfing, you know, sit on the deck, have a margarita, a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. You can guess who's doing which one of these <laughs> things. Um, but it's really been pretty amazing. And the best part is that our default lifestyle is outside instead of inside. Whereas before we live inside, we'd be like, oh, we should get outside to go on a walk. Now, especially when we're inside our living room and our office, I mean, there's just a wall of windows to the outside. So even if you're sitting inside, you're basically still one with nature. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. So thank you everyone for listening for the great questions you've asked. And we really are so happy that we made this huge leap of <laughs> faith in buying this beach house and all of the hard work that went into it both with Trav doing the research and with myself um, being the decorator and 
setting it up the for interior decorating <laughs> superstar i believe oh, was the correct you. term <laughs> um, if you guys do want to see more we, we've been putting stuff up on instagram so if you're already on our instagram keep watching we heather's been doing a ton of stories and we'll put pictures up on at extra pack of peanuts but if you're really interested in the design stuff and and a little more behind the scenes Go follow Heather's Instagram because you've been doing even more over there. Yeah, I, I do more on my own account just because I know a lot of people at Epop are there for the travel. So I don't want to inundate everyone with like our home things. But yes, you can follow me on Instagram. I love putting up the stories. Um, and maybe I'll even try my hand at a reel, which I don't even think Trav knows what that is. But these fun I've little I've seen the little button videos. that says Instagram um, reel. I'm like, but oh boy. Yes, that's at Heather Sherry. And you can see all the behind the scenes of how the beach house is coming along. Thank you guys for listening. It's been awesome. Thank you for all the love and support that you've been giving us over the month, past two and a half months since we moved down here. The comments, the questions, uh, when we put up, well, when Heather puts up stories. <laughs> I put up a few. You've, yeah. you've seen them. They're the ones that aren't as good. Um, it's just been cool to ha- to know that even though this is an awesome thing that we did, it's still been stressful. It's still been a big leap. And to know that we have like love and support and even just mm-hmm. your comments of like, that looks gorgeous. So happy for you guys or people telling us the best places to w- eat in Wilmington. That really goes a long way mm-hmm. um, more than you know. So thank you guys for that. Yes. All right, everyone. Don't forget, you can check out the show notes, everything we mentioned. If you're listening to podcast, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash shows. And if you did listen to this, um, what Heather and I are going to try to do, if you listen to this as a podcast, we will try to do more on Instagram. So if you like seeing us as we talk, you can head on over to Instagram at extra pack of peanuts and you can watch us next time. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you for all the continued support that makes us number one ready travel podcast. And until next time, happy free travels. I'll show you If you were using the context clues of this podcast, then you have probably been able to figure out that over half of the U.S.'s sweet potatoes, and yes, sweet potatoes are my favorite food in the world, comes from the state of North Carolina. I knew there was a reason I love this place. Uh, The beaches are pretty cool, too.